Okay, let's get our, start our discussion of Parshas Bamidbar. Tavshin Pei Beis, as we start a new Sefer, and usually it's uh, the week before, closer to Shavuos, but here in Eretz Yisrael it's the, the week before that. But uh, there's a lot to talk about as we get into uh, a new world, a new world. And the uh, Sukkim tell us, at the beginning of Bamidbar, as we know, many different uh, lists Many different names, many different uh, flags names. The Psukim tell us uh, towards the end of uh, Rishon, there was a gathering on the first of the second month. The names. From age 20, there are a lot of names in the Parsha that are listed over and over again. Says the Bnei Yisachar. In source number one, advarim There's such a focus on names, as we know. He's commenting on the medrash <laughs> that discusses shaloshinu uh, as as shmam. Says the bnei saschar. The medrash says that ah, oh, one of the great things about Klai Yisrael when they went to Mitzrayim, and here when they came out and were traveling in the desert, was that they kept their names. Right, Reuven was Reuven, Shimon was Shimon. Reuven didn't become Leon, and Shimon didn't become uh, other names. Reuven didn't become Rufus, and Shimon didn't become other other names. So says that Bnei Yisachar, Eina Muvanim, Lama Lahem Lashano Seshmam, Misha Shmo Reuven, Lama Hayalam Lekroso Lulaini. Like, why would I have thought that? Why would I have thought you go to Mitzrayim and oh, they kept their names? Avoteda says the Bnei Yisachar, Shizeo Ha'inyan. Bechol mamlachos mimalchei haolam ze eitzasem biratosam sheyishos sarim lamashmato. This is has been the way of the world, all the nations of the world, uh, what they've done to us throughout history. Volifrok ol atorah emitzvos to try to get us to give up on Torah emitzvos. Hine levad Hashem sheyish Hashem sheyish lekolechon miYisrael bikedusha. Besides every kadosh, holy name, so to speak, that we have, they tried to give us and influence us with a negative, with a negative name. Our name has a power to pull us in certain directions. The name is like a handle. When you pick up a, a kli, you pick it up by the handle, and then the whole kli moves. When we pick up when we, a name, a name is, is what pulls our essence. A name reflects our essence. The other powers, the other spiritual powers where we have found our, find ourselves, in history, says the Bnei Yisachar, they always tried to pull us away from our real essence. Memela, line 12. Where do we have examples of this? Let's go to line 15. Let's go to Sefer Daniel. There were some Jews in this court. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishal, Azariah. But the Pesukim tell us those weren't the names that Nebuchadnezzar called them. Right? They had different names. Nasan Shemos. To all of them. He wanted them to be influenced. I'm not going to call you Daniel. Daniel. Hanan. Hananya. 
right? Mishael, right? So many beautiful messages and names. I'm going to call you a different, a different Babylonian name. But they don't want it. That's in Bukhanetzar. And we find this also in the Chumash. We know Paro was a expert, astronomer, sorcerer, the Yoda Shorashin, and he knew. What did he do right away? He raises Yosef up. What does he do automatically? Gives him a new name. Right? That's, that's, the, that's the message why Paro did that. It says Paro called him Banech was the next Pasik, and Yosef went out on Mitzrayim. Because Yosef didn't accept it. Yosef didn't call himself Safras Paneach. Yosef kept Yosef. That's the message of the Psukim. Lo ratzel is yachis b'zeh Hashem, asher karuhu paro. Hagam shemavadai, lo surely, b'lashim Mitzrayim ha'yashem is emora l'chashivus, srara. Surely, in Mitzrayim, this name reflected um, royalty and stature. Rak v'yetze Yosef al Eretz Mitzrayim, hainu, b'chol ha-mechtavim v'apakudo sheshalach, all the signatures, the official, official signatures that he had to write, and all of the, um, everything else that he had to do as the viceroy, lo chasem es atzmo rak Yosef, v'lo tzafes paneach. V'lo nishtakem en ha-shem ha-ivri, he didn't lose it. Didn't lose it. And he says, these are, look at the psukim now. Look at the psukim at the end, line 30. V'zeh shebrashu gamei psukim, v'yechi Yosef, v'lo Yosef live 110, v'yamas Yosef. Torah keeps telling us, Yosef, Yosef, so lamali. Vayamas, Vayosef. No, no, he was Yosef until the end. He was Yosef until the end. Mashmienu she niftar b'shem tov, dahainu b'shem Yosef. Hagam shem melach zeh, melach zeh shmonim shana. Many years. Many years he was in Mitzrayim. Many decades. But he didn't stop being Yosef. Vayasem ba'aron. They put Yosef in the aron. What does that mean? They probably wrote names on the, on the caskets in Mitzrayim. After they did all the mummying, mummifying. Lohusam al-rono she yosef, savras paneach rakshem Yosef. That's what they did. And he says, maybe this could be a deeper idea also because the name reflects our essence and our, our, our Hebrew names, the, game, the names that are given to us. It says, maybe we have a, a deeper understanding in the Psukim in Parsha Shmos. Top left now. It says the B'nai Yisachar, U'bazeh pirashtu b'tuv ta'am mikroi kodesh v'yomer melech mitzrayim lam yaldos ho'ivriyos. The king of Egypt said to the Jewish midwives, Asher shema acha shifra v'shema shenas pua. We know shifra and pua. V'yirabi yaledchen as ibrios v'tirenam yaldos when they give birth and they feared Hashem v'lawasu v'tachayena kiyaru v'yaslam batim. That was the reward, as we know, batim batikuhuna batimalchus, as uh, as it is as is uh, said. Umashiish ladakting many questions. What can I ask on these psukim? Says the bnei yisachar. Number one, echad kushis kolam afarshim v'yomer elch mitzrayim. The king of Mitzrayim, he says, that Asher Shemachas, how do you read the Pasuk? The king of Mitzrayim said to the Mialdos embryos, Asher, that? What's the that? Well, just a, a little uh, unclear, the flow of the Pasuk. Vayomer, Vayomer, Lamali, also, two Vayomers. Beis, Asher Shemachas Shifra, Hu Yitur Lashav Arichos. Just say, he said to the midwife, Shifra and Pua. It's like emphasizing. Gimel. For Yomer Melech Mitzrayim, Shina Miparo Lamelech Mitzrayim. 
doesn't say Paro here. Just says the king of Egypt. Dalit, Vatirena, Veloasu, Vatachayena. My Veloasu, my Vatachayena. What didn't they do? How did they keep alive the children? And finally, what Chazal mentioned, Vayasla and Batim, right? how was that Mida connected Mida for what they did? The Bate uh, Kahuna, Bate Malchus. Peter Kenu, he says, is partial Matvarim Kivin Chomer. What's going on here? Melch Mitzrayim wanted to get more Jews on his side, besides physically subjugating them, but you know, taking them, um, taking them away spiritually. Tine Melch Mitzrayim said, "Darko Beretzoso Sheyu Yisol Sarim Lamashmato Heniach Lem Shemos." Again, like he did with Yosef, a new king, the same king. But this is what all the kings of Egypt did. Whenever foreigners came in, take on an Egyptian name. Sheyu Nimshachin Kol Kochos Hanefesh. All kings of Egypt did. What did he say to them? Your name should be Shifra. Your name should be Pua. Asher, that's part of the Tzivli. Not that they happen to have those names already. He said, these shall be your names. Herb Yaakov Gamaneski points out, many of the names in Mitzrayim had Pays and Ayans, Shifra, Pua, Paro, Ephraim, Right, that was uh, that was given. Okay. as we But they feared, they feared They kept their names. They kept acting like their names, like Yocheved, giving cover to Hashem. Right, Yocheved and Miriam. Right, to Meirim to lift up, lift up the Jewish people. And they didn't listen, they kept their names. Only one thing, only one thing that they saved the children, but it was more than that. It was more than that. And what was their reward? Batim. What's Batim? He says, he repaid them by giving them houses. They kept their names and he gave them names. Right? Yichus. That the families would be, the families that go that pass on from generation to generation. This is a deeper idea of all these psukim. What power wanted to do, what they what they uh, kept, what they feared, and that is how um, we kept out we kept out of uh, we kept out of trouble and kept out of the gullus permeating in us. Then he quotes at the end, and again, we're not going to get into the Lamaisa right now. The uh, idea of, of a Jew having a non-Jewish or an English name, he is very harif, as many, uh, a number of the post the Maram Shik has a chuba about this. But he says, Gamba Golas in this Golas, he was in Galicia in, uh, in, um, in Poland. Nikras Sagurlu Vavosh, Nishava Aisal Marbis Ahamon, many have, uh, have non-Jewish names. Nitame Sagoyim, Chaski Lola Haskir, Sashema Ivri. He says, he says, that's what I think. He says, uh, at the, the, after 120, Mashimo, we're going to have to have our name. So again, that is a big halachic discussion. We're just getting the message of a name. I just gave you just to balance it. Rav Moshe Rai has a chuvah from 1980 in Zoros number two where he talks about how many of the great gadolim, Maimon, right? Maimon doesn't sound like such a Jewish name. And he quotes a number of uh, others that we know the Baal Magen Mishnah, Vidal, and other Gaonim. So he quotes a Chiddush 
about, about how to uh, understand uh, the idea that even many of the great uh, Gaonim um, were known by a not a specifically Jewish name. It says maybe earlier it was more needed before we had the Torah. But either way, this is idea number one about uh, the message of a name, the importance of our name, and we have to um, wear it with uh, wear it with pride. All of the all of the messages that our name reflects about us. Okay, moving right along. One letter that's missing, not missing, but the Sukkim now and Shani describe how all of the Shvatim were counted. Livnei Shimon, Livnei Ruvain, Livnei God, all of all the uh, Shvatim, Livnei Yisachar, Livnei Zvulun, go through all of them, Livnei Binyamin. And then we get to the last one, Pasik Membez, Binei Naftali. Binei Naftali, Toldosel Mishmachosel Levei Savosa. And the question that bothers the Chassam Sofer is, where's the Lamed? Right? Every other Shevet gets a Lamed. Liv, Livnei Yehuda, Livnei Yisachar, Livnei Zvulun, all of them get a Lamed, except the last one. B'nei Naftali. Why does Naftali get a Lamed? And what's the message of the Lamed? Says the Chassam Sofer in the uh, Taurus Moshe, source number four. B'kulang Siv, Livnei, Vikan Kasuv, B'nei. Kasiv Mori Bahafla. Some sofer had two major Rabbeim, the Hafla and Rav Nassim Adler, and this is one of them. He's quoting from his Rebbe, the Hafla. De Moshe Rabbeinu Alav Hashalom Yada Schum Kulam Bifrat. I'm sorry, Schum Kulam. Moshe Rabbeinu already knew what the total was going to be of the Shvatim. Bifral appears Rashi Shayev Hashana Achas, especially according to Rashi, discussion in the Rishonim that it was all one year. Immediate to Kisisa, he knew what the total was going to be. But he still had to go through. He had to know which what each shevet had. Hashem told him, or he knew, what the total was going to be. But but he had to go through each shevet. So once he did the first 11, and he comes to the last one, he knows how many are left. Moshe Rabbeinu knows basic math. You know, how much is the total that I'm going to have? I have all the other shevetim, so whatever number is left, that's the number that... That I need. I, I don't really have to count Naftali. I don't really have to count because I know I know what's left. But Naftali limnos osam. I don't need to count them. That's why it notes bene. What's what's the emphasis? There's something being emphasized here. Gomor, Shaniki Vosam Bishmam. Li maybe is a little more indirect to the Shevet of this uh, this number. To the Shevet of this, here it just says, the children of Yo of Naftali, Data, like a more direct lushan of counting. What's the emphasis? But Shaking Libane, Damashmash Yada, Shaganim Shaykhim, also Shevet, he found out as he went by. What's the message? See he quotes Farkas of Haramban. To be counted by Moshe, that's a schus. To have Moshe look at me, to have Moshe focus on me and my family, that's a schus. So why didn't Moshe just say, okay, that's how many are left, okay, Naftali has this amount. No, 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 he counted each one. Went through each and every one. 
He didn't want to have anybody lose out on the bracha of having the tzaddik, having Moshe Rabbeinu, connect to them directly. Even though he didn't need to count them. That's what's learned out, but without the lamid. I'm going to count you directly. I'm going to make sure you know that you might be last, but you know I'm going to I'm going to make sure that you know I'll focus and give you the bracha too. Because the power of a bracha, the power of of a teacher, of a parent, right? The power of a bracha. Some sort of teachers, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want them to lose out on the bracha. The sensitivity that he had for every single Jew. You might think that Moshe was. Was so high, Moshe was was connected. We'll talk more about that, Hashem, in a few minutes. Moshe was connected to each Jew, and in that way, uh, reflected that with this action of blessing and giving a bracha to each of the to each of the shvatim, even though he knew, even though he knew what the number was. Okay, and then we get to the degalim. Perak base, Perak base, shlishi. We get to the list of the Degalim. And the Midrashim already pick up on the uniqueness of the Degalim, the special quality of the Degalim. Right? The Malachim were jealous of the Degalim, the Midrash says. V'shem alokinu nidgol. The Pasuk in, uh, we say every morning in, in Lam Natseach. We, we, we go out we, we, with our Degels. So what's the message of the Degel? We spoke about the message of the name. That was the first thought. What's the message of the Degel and the present that was given to us. Let's read some of the Midrashim and then we'll see what the, the message is. Says the Argadalia of Gedalia Shor, source number five. Ish al-diglo ba'osos. Each man according to his degel, the osos, there were different colors, different uh, symbols on each of the degalim. Hadu d'chsev mizos hanishkafa. Based on psukim and shirashirim. There was a conversation that took place in heaven. Kadoshim v'gdolim ayu Yisrael b'digleyem. But in Yisrael, when we had our flags, we were kadosh and gado. We were great. We were holy. V'chol ha'akum mistaklim bahem. V'tzimeim. V'omrim. They looked at our, our flags. Again, alluded to in the Pesukim in, in Shirashirim. Listen, those who want to review the, the Navish, the Ksuvim, Shi'urim, that we had about Shirashirim. We spoke about this medrash. V'chol ha'mistaklim bahem. V'tzimeim v'omrim. Mizos ha'nishkafa. Omrim lema'akum. Shuvi, shuvi, yashulamis. Hitavek lanu. Bo etzleinu, come to us. V'anu osem eschem shiltonim hegmonim. Right, be like us. We want to share in what you have. V'yisrael omrim, matach hazu b'shulamis. What do you see? Ma gadola atem nostim lanu. Shema, kimecholas ha-machanoyim. Could you give us what we have? Our machanos? Shema yecholam atem la-asos lanu kigdula. Sha'as alakim ba-midbar. Could you do... What HaKadosh Baruch Hu did to us in the Midbar, he gave us this, the, the Degolim and the placements of the encampments. The Rambam, he quotes from the Yigeres Teman, another Gersa, Kimacholos, HaMachanoyim, Shema Kamo, Bahar Sinai, Machanim, Momachanim, Vichulu, he says like Har Sinai, but the Mishkan in the center is like a continuation of, the, of Har Sinai, as the Ramban says. So, so what's, what did we have in the Midbar? What was so special about our existence there? Oh, obviously the man and the bear and the anane hakavot, but here specifically the medrash is focusing on our parashah, focusing on the, on the dagal. So he quotes from a tshuva of the Rashba. 
Source number six. Degam kishahoyu be'eretz Yisrael ishtachas gafno. Also, even once we went in, the official way that we traveled was 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 no longer right. We didn't travel the same way right throughout the midbar. The Mishkan was in the middle, and we traveled some shvatim before, some shvatim on the sides, and now we encamped at night. But the Rashba quotes the gam kshahoyu be'eretz Yisrael ishtachas gafno mikol makom chanayasam ha'isa savi b'yushalayim u'beis hamikdash. Still. We encamped around. It wasn't exactly in the center point, but it was still considered the center. Yerushalayim was towards the south. If you look at the uh, the maps of the Shvatim, Hainu de Kamosha Matzav Shal Harsina Haya Behisgalus Machne Somo Machne Malachim. At Harsinai, it was open. It was it was explicit that we surrounded Harsinai was in the middle and we surrounded the camps it was the Malachim Yachakach Benistar Adid but Midrash Harsinai we had Harsinai and then we had the Machnos throughout the Midbar and that somehow continued into Eretz Yisrael line 12 there were no more clouds it wasn't specifically in the center but it was the same idea. What, what, what idea? What's going on here? What, what did we get at the Midbar? And then we brought it into Eretz Yisrael, but it was more, but it was more private or nistar. So one more medrash, and then he says the, the message of what he, he wants to get across. Another medrash at the bottom of the column. Amr Rabbi Simon. Hey, Pamim Ksiv Khan Ora. In the Parsha of Gracious, where it says the word or, it says the word or five times. There's or in each one. And each or is connected a different sefer. The that's Bamidbar. Bamidbar makes Havdalah. Havdalah between who and who? Shehumavdil ben Yotze Mitzrayim Laboy Haaretz. Right, Bamidbar, we go from being Yotze Mitzrayim at the beginning and then the end of the 40 years were. Those who are going to go into Eretz Yisrael. Be your divrayim akloshim, kamosha kasamnu, shabador yotzi misraim aishashkacha gluya bebechinas or. There's some kind of or and there's some kind of havdalah. What, what havdalah is happening here? How are we being separated in this sefer? So it says the Argadalia, it's not just separating between the door that went out of Mitzrayim and the door that went into Eretz Yisrael. It's separating between Am Yisrael, the ultimate havdalah, Ben Yisrael la Amim. In what way? What, what do we learn from our parsha? What did the Degalim teach us? Saviv Lamishkan Yachanu. What is the center of our existence? Personally, nationally. What is, what is our life center? What is, what, what's the, the, um, the midpoint, the anchor of our life? Saviv Lamishkan Yachanu. What we learned in the Midbar, what we saw every day in the Midbar, we realized what was in the middle. The Aaron was in the middle, surrounded by the Mishkan, surrounded by Sheva Levi, and then all of the B'nai Yisrael were surrounding that. That message had to seep in. That's the message that we had to take with us. Well, we mentioned, often in the past years, there were the thought of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, probably mentioned this two or three times over the years, about why the Degolim were only commanded now and not right after Harsinai, right after Yisrael Mitzrayim. Right, you have to see a year late. Such a beautiful message to Golem. So why did, why did Hashem wait? So he answers because each Degel 
symbolizes the differences between Jews. Different colors for each shevet, different symbols. So that's, that's beautiful, but only if there's a glue. Or else there would have been 12 nations, not 12 tribes of one nation. We needed the glue. Only after we had the Torah in the center, that's when we could all celebrate our, our uniqueness, each of the Shvatim, without the danger of, of bifurcating and separating the, the, the nation itself. So that, that's what it's the, that was Harsina. So after Harsina, it's okay. But as the, as the Ramban says, the Midbar, the Mishkan, was a continuation of Harsina. But the message is, what does our life revolve around? Right? We're always shul, davening, yom tovim, Shabbos. This is, this, is, this is the center of a Jew's life. Right? All the other nations of the world, what is the most important thing? What does their life revolve around? Vacations, you know, weekends, money, whatever it is. I mean, family is important to all, but, but what, are the, what, are the, the, what is my daily life, my values? So that's the Degalim. And that's what the nations of the world see, how we are... We answer to a higher authority. And that's the center. And that's what's the Havdalah of Sefer Bamidbar. Because Sefer Bamidbar, we are given this message every day. Every day with the Mishkan in the middle. He doesn't say this, but I'll add, once we went into Eretz Yisrael, right when we went in, that, that changed for a little bit, right? The Aaron went first. For d- different reasons. Right? The Aaron went first into the water. And then, and then the water split. And then it, uh, it flew over after. But that was a different message to make sure that we knew the type of land that this was going to be. But either way, this is the, uh, the Orgadaya. I, I embellished a little bit, but that's what he says. Right, the Degolim, the Tamid. We are always in a state of Saviv la Mishkan Yachanu, surrounding the Mishkan. Could you do something like, could you give us a life that's as meaningful and as significant as, as, as HaKadosh Baruch has given us in the Midbar? That's something that you can't do, and that's what, that's what we received in the, in the Midbar. Okay. Moving right along to a thought we mentioned a number of years ago, but it's such a powerful thought, I thought we would uh, repeat it again because it gives us an insight into Moshe Rabbeinu. One of the animamins that we always have to remember, animamin, the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu's nevuah. And as we are in the um, Sefer Bamidbar, new Sefer, let's remember the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Pasuk tells us in Paragimel, Pasuk Aleph, Ve'elah told us Aaron and Moshe, these are the generations, these are the, um, the, pro- the, the uh, progeny of Aaron and Moshe. And then we go into Ve'elu Shmos B'nai Aaron. And it goes into Aaron's family. Of course, Rashi quotes, oh, what do you learn from this? Why does it say B'nai Moshe if it's only listening to the sons of Aaron? Because Moshe taught them Torah. And Kalam Malamid is, Ben Chavira Torah Kilu Yoldo. If you teach somebody Torah, it's as if you are their father. That is the uh, Chazal. And that's what we focus on. Oh, wow, beautiful. Aaron's children, Moshe. Where are Moshe's kids? Okay, fine, beautiful. Call them, you know, Aaron. But, but where are Moshe's children? They're not here. They're never here when B'nai Yisrael are counted. So, so where are they? So, says Rav Salvechik. Says the Rav, in source number seven. We are all acquainted with the Akedah that Avraham performed. But we do not pay sufficient attention to an Akedah that was carried around, out by Moshe. 
the Akedah of Moshe. Moshe's Akedah was perhaps more awesome and terrifying than Avraham's. After Avraham offered Yitzchak, the two of them returned from Rahara Maria with great happiness. Moshe never experienced this satisfaction. In his case, the Rabboni Shalom requested and received his sacrifice. What are we talking about? The simple right to leave a last will and testament, to die in one's own bed, surrounded by his children, was denied to Moshe, right? We think Moshe Rabbeinu was buried by Hashem. Unbelievable! But what about the human side of Moshe? What about having his family at his bedside to hold his hands? Moshe died alone on a mountain. He did not lay his hands on Gershom or Eliezer, but who, what was his last connection? Yeshua bin Nun. In his official position, not as a father, but as a leader. More tragic still was the fact that Moshe's children do not appear in the book of Jewish genealogy. Moshe twice counted the Jews and Shevet Levi. And these are the descendants of Aaron and Moshe. We just read the Pasuk. Where's Moshe's own children? They're not here. The list is not of an avihu, even though they weren't around anymore. The Torah does not tell us. Moshe did not merit the normal satisfaction of flesh and blood to be reborn through a child, to live again through a child, to feel the great joy of living through a child. Moshe didn't have that because he had to be Moshe Rabbeinu. He had to be Rabbeinu of every single Jew. Moshe had two children. Of course, he loved them both the same way Avram loved Yitzchak. The Creator asked both Avram and Moshe to give up their children, to sacrifice them on the altar. But unlike to Avraham, no Malach called out to Moshe, The knife mercilessly tore apart the relationship. Unbelievable language and graphic messages from Rav Salvechik between Moshe and Eliezer. They, so to speak, no longer belonged to him. He was an exception to the rule, but one might say also to his wife. And this is what Moshe, this is what Aaron and Miriam couldn't understand. Moshe was a unique figure in history. We say at Moshe and Moshe Lakam Moshe, but even the Rambam would agree that Moshe, the first Moshe, was different than he was. And that's one of our animamans. For the receiver of the Torah, for the teacher of Klai Yisrael, it is prohibited to have a connection to one's family. He is the father of Israel. Every Jew has an equal share in him. It is prohibited for one individual to have a closer relationship. I'm closer to Moshe now. Moshe MS, Visaraso MS, Moshe Rabbeinu. He's unique. He, got, he received the Torah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he transmitted the Torah to Klai Yisrael. And then he says, at the burning bush, at the snare, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe, Shal nalecha me'al raglecha. Take off your shoes because the, the place where you, your feet are is holy, is holy soil. That's, that's figurative also. Moshe, you have to be with me. Right? You have to be with me. Everybody else can return, but Moshe, you're different. That's the Akedah of Moshe. The Akedah of Moshe. Such an intense thought. But it gives us an appreciation of, of Moshe Rabbeinu's Mesiris Nefesh. For Klal Yisrael. And maybe that was part of the deeper discussion of, of at the Sneh. He realizes what he's going to have to do. He realizes he's, he's you know, uh, it's, it's difficult. Moshe, up till now, he, he had the love for Klal Yisrael. He was so close to them. And he was going to continue to have that love. But it was going to be equal. And he was not going to be able to be 
the family person that he had been. But that's the message, and that's why Moshe Rabbeinu's, Moshe Rabbeinu's family is not listed here. We have to recognize the importance and the, uh, appreciate what Moshe Rabbeinu had to do for us. For us. Okay. Another message on the same Pasuk, but now we'll talk about the Chazal that we mentioned earlier, right? Moshe Rabbeinu's children are not mentioned, but Aaron's family is mentioned. told us Moshe, why? Whoever teaches his son, his friend's son Torah, Ki'ilu Yaldo, it's Ki'ilu, he gave birth to them. Says Rapinkas here, a Rebbe and a Talmud, Rebbe and a Talmud, or a rabbi and a congregation, or anyone of influence with people that they are trying to influence, which all of us are leaders and teachers in our worlds. So we try to teach Torah, we try to spread Torah, but there's a total other element that we so often don't focus on. We've spoken about this Gemara in the past, but not in this type of context. Dagas harav l'atzlachas talmido. Suichalios kemo dagas ha'av l'atzlachas beno. A Rebbe to a Talmud has to be like a father to a son. And what does a father to a son do? Any parent or grandparent knows this. They spend so much time doing what they can and giving them. But so much of one's mindset during davening is on children and grandchildren. Right? The, the Gemara says, the second to last Tafin Shas. What should a person do to become wise? Sit and learn. That's it? No, and also Davin. What should a person do to have, to have proper children? Do your best. Do your best in Ishtablas. But what else? Davening. Yasmid. A person who Davins all day to become a Tamil Chacham, but doesn't sit and learn? Lo Yechacham, he won't become a Tamil Chacham. And other people call Yom of Yasmin, a person sits and learns all day, but doesn't daven for, for divine help, for his goals? Gamkin lo Yechacham. He also won't succeed. Chatsi tzorach lagiyah me'adam atzmo, v'chatsi hu yekabo v'siyat ha'dashmaya. He's got to do his part, but he has to realize that the other part is a gift from up above. Biyad melamid. Right, a melamid, a, a, a teacher. A teacher teaching children. He spends so much time in the classroom. Nidrashim Shtei Chalakim, says Pinkus. Yes, he has to teach them, but you know what he also has to do for them? He has to daven for them. He has to daven for his students. For Siata Deshmaya. Somebody told me a story this week that somebody, um, a head of school, a principal, whoever, once went to Rav Steinman talking about, um, you know, there's a certain child in the, in the school that they want to try to deal with. They kind of wanted to ask him to leave. So Rav Steinman said, What's his name? And he told him his name. He said, no, what's his mother's name? What's his full name? He says, I don't know. He says, you've reached this stage and you don't know his mother's name? That means you've, you've never put him in your tefillos. How could you expect? How could you expect anything? You haven't tried your hardest then. You haven't done your most. Malamid, and that reflects Rav Steinman very his godless very much. Sometimes, you know, the teacher, the Rebbe, kind of just the parent, anyone of influence, the rabbi, the rabbi and the congregation. You know, maybe he doesn't connect to certain people in the congregation, but does he daven for them? Do we daven for each other? Do we look at other people in the shul or in the neighborhood that clearly need to feel us and we say, Nebuch. But do we do more than Nebuch? 
Do we put them in? It's a beautiful thought that we mentioned years ago. I didn't give it to you again. Shimon Shkup has in his Hakdama to the Shar Yoshar, where he talks about the Ani. The Ani. We, we, we start off as a, as a young child. The Ani is just me. That's me. Ani, me. That's my focus. Right? And hopefully as we get older, a little older, we get married, so the Ani becomes a little larger. When I think of I, it becomes a we. And as the family grows, so it becomes a little wider. And we go to bat, and there's a lot you know, that we focus on in the we. But as Jews, we have to expand even more. Whether it's the community, whether it's Jews all over the world, we have to keep going in concentric circles. Obviously, there's, there's levels within those circles. And there needs to be levels within the circles, but the more we expand the ani, so that's what Rev Pincus is saying here. Right, because it's saying the, the responsibility of, of anyone who is in the sphere of influence, a boss, a boss davening for his uh, parnasa, for, for, for people in his, uh, in his company. A teacher is not just a day worker. Just like a doctor has to do what he has to do and also daven for the patient. And therefore, we have to do whatever we could do in order to help them succeed. A person could be a malamed and just and not be a malamed. We have to recognize there's so many people that we could daven for that we have to include more. Right? That we daven, we daven so much for ourselves, which we have, we do fine, but we have to allow ourselves, you know, to, to pick one person. Pick one person every tefillah outside of my family to put in a good word for. It's a great exercise. Get up to Kieta Shomea in Shomea tefillah. We stop for a second. Think of somebody who I didn't daven for in my last monastery. And put in 15 seconds for, for them. That's Reb Pincus. Talmidim and Rebbeim. And they have to have that, that message. Okay. One thought on the Haftorah. One thought on the Haftorah. Torah is from Hosea, first of the Treasar. Number of unusual stories in uh, in Hosea, um, but uh, what Hashem asked him to do. But we're just going to focus on one pasuk. Pasuk the Chazal pick up on pasuk in Hosea, but the Meshachachma comments on it. Hoshea compares us to sand. Chol hayam. Sand of the sea. And without going into all elements of this Meshachachma, just take out one idea that he mentions. Sand versus dirt. Sometimes we're compared to sand, sometimes we're compared to dirt. Afar. So why here are we compared to Sand. See, he quotes Venera on the bottom right. You put dirt on the floor, it blends in. Blends in. You put dirt on the floor and after a little while, like you don't even see the dirt anymore. It just goes into the ground. Like it says in Beitza, you bring a pile of dirt into your house. But only if it's in a corner, 
So then he could use it. But if it's on the floor, then it just becomes part of the floor. And it's muksa. That's dirt. Dirt is becomes bottled to its surroundings on the floor. Sand has a different function. If there's sand on dirt, it doesn't go anywhere. Sand is not... Uh, doesn't go into the dirt. It's still sand. But, but, but ultimately, where is sand? is at the sea. It says here, Chol Hayam. And it also doesn't blend in like dirt becomes one gush. Sand, each particle of sand is separate. But what does sand do? But sand is a protection. Sand separates the sea from the land. That's what the sand does. The yam keeps trying to overcome. And the tide keeps going back. Every wave. Every wave. There's sand and there's dirt. Says the Meshachachma, earlier in our history, in the days of Avraham and the days of Yitzchak, we were like dirt. Because the message was to spread out. To spread monotheism. To spread the messages. Avraham and Yitzchak after him. But then comes Yaakov. And Yaakov had Shifteka, Mitaso Shlema, and it was time to be a separate nation. It was time to be protected from our sides. Again, Tikkun Olam Bimisakein, the world, but as a separate nation. And not being like dirt, but being like sand. Avamez Sheholid Yaakov Shvatim, in the middle, Vara ki bazei yisparsim ha'elokus, v'lo yishkach mipizaro ha'yayore lahefech. The other, he was nervous. And they would get mixed up. And that's why they had to be separate. And that's why at that point, says on the side, right, the sand puts up a, a walk. Right, right, a lot of it tries to, to overcome. But that's why here, in a certain sense, Sand is different than dirt. At certain stages in our history, we had to be like dirt, but at other stages, we had to be like we had to be like sand. Okay, one final point. I'm sorry, I just got to run after this. I got to go give another shear. But um, one final point as we get ready for Kabbalah Satorah, as we get ready for um, Shabbos Mavarachim of Sivan. One thought: getting ready for Kabbalah Satorah. Rav Zevin writes in the Torah of Lamoadim, "V'chol ha'am roim esakolos." As is described in Yisro, we saw the voices, the sounds, the sounds. "V'chol ha'am roim esakolos," and the Medrash says, "Shoyu roim esanishba, v'shomim esanira." We saw what was usually heard, and we heard what was usually seen. But what, what does that mean? What's the message? What could we gain out of this? A lot of things are said about Roma Sakolos. What does Rav Zevin say? Hashamayim ushmei Hashamayim niftechul ifnei Yisrael b'mabar Sinai. At Har Sinai, that was an unbelievable divine revelation, which if we prepare ourselves well enough, hopefully it could, could happen every year on Shavuos. Razei olam v'talumos Yisrael kolchai nigolahem. All secrets, panim b'fanim. Right? Some say we had to reach the level of Moshe Rabbeinu in a certain sense so that we could appreciate who Moshe Rabbeinu was. And then when we lost it, but we realized Moshe Rabbeinu was still there. Right? We had to believe by Aminu Bashem of Moshe Avdo at Kriyas Yamsuf, but there was another level of Emuna, the Gam Bachaya Aminu Lolam by Harsinai. Panim Bafanim Dibra Shemimachem. Atare Saladas. 
After the 49 days of counting the Omer and the Memtashare Bina, we reached the final level. Ashvu is the Shar Hanun, and everything was clear. There was clarity of who HaKadosh Baruch Hu was and who we are and what our Tafkid is. And he says, that's the Pshat of the line in Dayenu. Ilu Kervanu Lufnei Har Dayenu. If we would have been there and even not gotten the Torah, it was so clear to us, we would have done the Torah, even without being commanded it. That wouldn't have been good because maybe we might have lost the inspiration at a certain point. But it was so clear to us that we had to be Avdi Hashem, there was clarity. So, let's wait a second. Avomishi Iganu Bosamabal Adargas Ri'iyah Bechol Kedusha. So what does he say? That's the pshat of Roim es hanishma. Shmiya is usually reflects emuna, what we hear, what we do, because we were told to do it. But at that moment of our Sinai, we were roe es hanishma. There was such clarity that we were able to see what was usually heard. Es asher etzleinu hu betoras kabolas old siyus shmiya v'ayim shemua tishmu ha'yugam roim. But why did we accept it and do it and continue doing it? Shomim es We still were makabal to do it as if it was Shmiya, because Re'iyah doesn't last. So everything kimu v'kiblu b'chalais aleim lishver lasos lo b'shvilo so Re'iyah ela b'torah Shmiya v'kabalas ol. We accepted to do it not because of Re'iyah but because of Shemiyah. Because of what we knew when we said Na'asav and when we did before we had that experience of Re'iyah. Because Re'iyah doesn't last. Re'iyah doesn't last. Right, I'm reminded, we'll finish with it, I'm reminded of the, of the, uh, the story in Masechah of Basra. Remember the story that Rabbi Yochanan was giving Shir, and he mentioned that when, when Mashiach comes, we're going to have uh, rocks the size of a, Amos and Amos, I forgot the exact number, 20 Amos by 20 Amos, and there was a Talmud at the back of the room, and they said, Rebbe, come on. You can't even find a rock a 20th of that size. And later on that day, it says, Liyamim, that that student was on a boat, and on the boat, he must have been a student on a high level, because he sees in Shemayim the Malachim chiseling these humongous rocks. And he says, what are, what are those for? And they say, oh, this is going to be for the, for the gates of Yerushalayim, Bismarck Mashiach. He's like, really? He quickly ran back to, he, uh, whatever, he told the captain to go back to dry land. He ran into Rabbi Yochanan, and he says, Rebbe, I uh, forgot the exact Lashon, right? Yafet darashta, ba'ata lachon no'elidrosh, kemosher amarta kain ra'isi. What I saw, I saw exactly. And Rabbi Yochanan looks at him and says, Reka, you empty one. Ilmale ra'ita lo he'emanta. Right, had you not seen, I think it's Ayn Hay, uh, if you not seen, no, you wouldn't believe, that's not called emuna. Emuna is shmia. So even though we saw, Rav Zevin says, we were, we were shomen es hanira. We reached the level of rowan es hanishma, but what we were makabel was to be shomei es hanira and do it in that way. So we don't have nisim gluyim all the time. Um, we daven for the time that there will be, you know, Gula Shlema, as the Navi says, that we, we'll, we will look back at Yitzhiya Spitzrayim and think that was nothing. That was nothing. But Beth Hashem, we should be able to be zochet to uh, an amazing uh, start of the month of Sivan and Beth Hashem be able to uh, have a true Kabbalah Satov. Okay, we'll stop here.